0: Your Bibles to the Book of Acts, Book of Acts, Chapter Six. We're going to continue our series, "How to Build a Legacy." And uh, first of all, while you turn there, uh, how many? Uh, let, let me hear from the men this morning. Men, are you here this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was so weak. Man. <laughs> let me ask again. Men, are you here this morning? Yeah. All right, listen. We got a men's retreat coming up. As we just you just heard on the rundown. Listen. We want you to be a part of this men's retreat. This happens once, it's been actually a year and a half since we did our last one. So you don't want to miss this opportunity. Make sure you sign up for that. And you can do that on your way out today. There's a tent outside. Just look for Ryan or Marcial. Uh, and they have Iron Man t-shirts on today. They're really easy to spot. In fact, if you're lucky enough to find Marcial, maybe you can take a selfie with them, put up like hashtag Iron Marcial or something like that. We'll see see what kind of pictures we see on Facebook today, but make sure you do that. Listen, you know, if it's a financial thing, we don't want that to impede you going to the men's retreat because this is so important. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later on a message today, but it's so important that you as men sign up for this men's retreat. It's a very important step in your spiritual walk and your growth, so make sure you do that. So if it's a financial issue, we don't want that to impede you. Make sure you talk to them at the tent about that. We can help out for sure. I know there's people that are willing to sponsor uh, these events every year, so make sure do not let that stop you from going to this year's Men's Retreat, Man. It's gonna be a fantastic, fantastic weekend. Uh, we're continuing our series called How to Build a Legacy. We're in our third week right now, because we're not just building a building, we're what? We're building a legacy. Let's try that again. I'm gonna need a lot of participation today. We're not just building a building, we're building a legacy. legacy. It's How to Build a Legacy. We're in our third week and for you first time guests, I want you to know you've come at a really cool time. It's a historic time in the life of our church. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary, and it was a fantastic weekend. Let me hear from you if you were at the 10-year anniversary. Awesome. So now we're looking to the next 10 years. What is God going to do in our next 10 years? So we are really pumped and excited about what God has already shown us and what he's already. Doing in the life of our church, so you're you're coming at a good time. You first time guest, and we're so glad you're here. Uh, we're we're talking about these these three weeks that we've been in, how to build a legacy. But these specific three weeks, these first three weeks, has been about our disciple making process, which is reach, relate, and reproduce. It's how we make disciples here at Orchard Church. And the first week we talked about. Reach, and we want to continue to make an impact in our community, to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's been amazing what God's done through our church with that. And then last week, the second week, was about Relate. And we talked about our small group uh, ministries. And it's so exciting to hear. Uh, those of you who are in small groups, you guys are talking about this, how to build a legacy, even during the week. And it's, it's exciting to hear the stories that are coming out of some of your groups uh, of how excited our church really is and how unified it is about this whole legacy campaign. We're so stoked about that. And today is the third installment, reach, relate, and then today is Reproduce. We're gonna talk about Reproduce today. What I love about Orchard Church, it's not just about having a huge attendance. It doesn't stop there. It's not about having a bunch of people in small groups. But we truly and honestly care about people growing spiritually. We know that how important and vital that is To the life of you and your family, but also to the life of our church. Because as you grow, so grows the church. So we're talking about reproduce today. Being reproducers of reproducers. Because it it can't end with us. And you're going to hear me say this a lot today. It can't end with us. We need to pass it on. We need to pass it along to build a legacy to be reproducers of reproducers. Last week, Doug talked about the first century church. last couple weeks we've been looking at that. The first century church. And what they did, the first, I mean, the day of Pentecost, their first meeting, 3,000 people came to know Christ. They came to be baptized. And then, and then they went a step further, and they put those people in homes. That was our relate message last week. And they put them in small groups, and they broke bread together, and they prayed together. So this week, we're going to pick it up here in Acts chapter 6 and see what the disciples are up to here. They've been reached. They've been in small groups. Now, let's Look at this idea of reproduce. So Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. And it says this. Then the word of God spread. Man, I love that. The word of God spread. And the number of the disciples, what church? Multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So they multiplied. What they did is they did what Jesus told them to do. And that's what our passion and heart here at Orchard Church. We want to do what Jesus told has told us to do and Jesus was very clear about this this idea of making disciples this isn't our idea this is Jesus's idea and in Matthew 28 we call this the great commission of Jesus Matthew 28 this will be on the screen this is the context of this is Jesus is risen from the grave he's about to send into heaven but before he does that he gathers his 11 disciples and he says here I want to give you a great commission I want to give you a very clear commission, a mission I want you to accomplish here on earth. He says this, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and help me out, church, and what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Jesus made it very clear. Disciples carried out that mission. As we see here in Acts 6-7, they multiplied greatly. They did what Jesus told them to do. And as a church, we want to do the same thing. Jesus has given us a great, clear commission. And we know that a church that is very clear and passionate about the great commission is a great church. We think about this idea of making disciples, reproducing reproducers, discipleship. Been in a lot of churches, see a lot of churches. I know a lot of churches have this word discipleship, uh, maybe in their literature. Uh, maybe if they slap it on their website or or in their mission statement, all of a sudden they have discipleship. But unfortunately, I think a lot of churches don't have this intentionality about it. They're not intentional uh, intentional about making disciples, about accomplishing Jesus's great commission. That's what I love about Orchard Church, is we have a very clear intentional process to making disciples, reproducing, reproduces, and I'm so excited to be talking to you about that this morning. Because, like I said, it can't end with us. That's the heart we need to grasp this morning. It cannot end with us. We need to pass it along, build a legacy, reproduce, reproducers. So let's talk about reproduce this morning. There's two ways we can reproduce. The first way is this, individually. Individually. We need to reproduce individually. Discipleship, making disciples, begins with individuals. It begins with us. It begins with God's people, being passionate about God's great commission because it can't end with us. We've got to pass it along. We've got to build a legacy, reproduce reproducers, make disciples, discipleship. Last week, uh, Doug talked about small groups and what they are not and what small groups are. So today I thought I'd talk about about discipleship in the same vein. What discipleship is not and what discipleship is. So let's talk about what discipleship is not. And the first thing is it's not more knowledge, okay? Discipleship is not more knowledge. In other words, what I'm saying is not just about Bible study. It's not just about gaining knowledge and knowing the Bible more and more and more. That's not true discipleship, and I'll explain that here in a little bit. Uh, There was a girl in uh, my youth group when I was in high school. And every year I went to this youth camp, and they had this Bible trivia contest, this game, okay, and every year... She would win every year. She knew the Bible frontwards and backwards. She would win every year. She just knew going into it that this girl from our group was going to win this whole thing. The only issue was that she was the most promiscuous girl in our youth group. She was popular with the guys, okay? So what she showed us is that she knew the Bible, but she didn't live the Bible. She didn't apply the Bible. It really stopped at the knowledge Stage And discipleship, true discipleship, is more than just knowledge. The Bible says that knowledge alone, it just puffs us up. That's what the Bible says. If you just, if you just gain knowledge, it's just going to puff you up. And the only way to avoid that is to release that knowledge, to release the idea of reproducing reproducers, release it into someone else, invest in someone else. Because when we release our Bible knowledge and invest in someone else and not just keep to ourselves and get puffed up, we start to become reproducers of reproducers, and it's, it's simply this. It's, it's not about information, everybody. It's about transformation. That's what discipleship is. It's not about just information. It's not just about knowledge. It's not more knowledge. Here's the second thing. It's not a counseling session. Discipleship is not a counseling session. Now, you can get wise counsel in discipleship. Yeah, definitely. And you can, it can be therapeutic. But what I'm saying this morning is it's not a counseling session. In other words, To disciple someone, you do not have to have a degree in psychology, okay? Now, you may have to have a degree of patience, and a degree of kindness, a degree of self-control, and the fruit of the spirit, but you don't need a degree in psychology, uh, and it doesn't have to be a counseling session. It's more than that. It's not more knowledge. It's not a counseling session. The third thing is this. It's not a BFF guarantee. Not a BFF guarantee. So those of you who don't know what BFF stands for, that's best friends, forever. best friends forever. We're gonna trade bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're gonna make friendships and discipleship, and you're gonna great. You're gonna build relationships, but you may not make your best friends forever every time in discipleship. How many had a best friend forever growing up? BFF. Oh yeah, usually probably middle school time. BFF. So I had a BFF growing up. And uh, thanks to Facebook, uh, those people uh, start posting pictures of you when you're younger. Anybody else experience this and tag you in those pictures? And so my friend growing up did this recently. And I found it. And I was about 11, 12 years old. And I have it ready, but I, I thought this morning, like, nah, they probably don't want to see the picture of me when I was 12, 11, 12 years old. Right? So you guys don't want to see that, right? Yeah. All right, if I show it, you promise you won't laugh? No. (laughs) All right, let's put it up. This is 11, this is me on the left right there. So this uh, this is proof that I've been a Celtics fan for life as well, okay? And then the guy on the right, his name's Jeff. He's actually a pastor now. Here we are with the, the fangs on the bottom. Isn't it kind of scary to think that both these guys grew up in became King Church leaders? It's kind of, kind of crazy. So this is my BFF, about 11 or 12 years
1: old in a photo booth.
0: And when it comes to discipleship, you know, we're going to gain friendships, and we're going to build relationships. But it won't always be a BFF guarantee, and you just need to know that going in. So it's, it's not, more, not more knowledge, and it's not a counseling session. It's not a BFF guarantee. But let's talk about what discipleship is, and this is what I love this morning. I love talking about this. What discipleship is, and the first thing is this, discipleship is spiritual. Discipleship is spiritual. Sounds like a given, but it really isn't. Our first goal in discipleship, when you get discipled, is we want you to get established in a relationship with God. That's what that means. You get established in a relationship with God. And what that means is spiritual growth. Like I said, I'm so glad that our attendance is growing, and we're excited about reaching more and more people, and I'm so stoked about our small groups growing, and some of you are gonna be hosting a group for us in the spring, we'll see that that ministry grow, and, and we hope that more and more of you get in small groups really together, but what I love about what Church is it doesn't just stop there. We want people to truly grow spiritually in their lives. It's important. Spiritual growth is more than knowledge. It's not just information. It's transformation. You you might want to write this down, because I I tell this to people all the time. You You want to know what spiritual growth is? This is what spiritual growth is. It's not knowing more Bible. It's knowing the God of the Bible more. That's what spiritual growth is. It's not knowing more Bible. It's knowing the God of the Bible more. That's the point of the Bible. As you study it, that you will know God more and more and more. You will get established in a relationship with God. It goes back to John 15. We'll talk about this in a little bit. But we've got to be connected to the true vine. We've got to have that that relationship with God established if we're going to become reproducers of reproducers. It's spiritual growth. That's what discipleship is. It's spiritual. There's a spiritual element we cannot deny. We need to worship the God of the word instead of just worshiping the word of God. It's it's about knowing the God of the Bible more, the spiritual growth. We hope as you get into discipleship, you'll get established. That's our goal in a relationship with God. So it's spiritual. You know, when, I think, when you think about uh, growing spiritually, I boil it down to two things. You might want to write this down. I'm giving you a lot of extra stuff today, but you might want to write this down, too. Spiritual growth really uh, requires two things. And can, it's very simple. It's a daily Bible life and a daily prayer life. A daily Bible life and a daily prayer life. You can go to the Christian movies. You can listen to the Christian music. You can go to the family Christian store. You can go to Chick-fil-A and eat every day. But if you do not read the Bible and pray daily, you will not grow your spiritual walk with God and all the Christians said. Amen. It's important, everybody. And when you, when you look at discipleship, becoming reproducers individually, it's important to know there's a spiritual aspect that cannot be ignored. There's a church in uh, Chicago, a very large church, about 20,000 attendees every weekend. And they did a survey of their church because they were worried. They said, we've got all these people coming, but are they really growing spiritually in their walk? And they did a survey and they found out unfortunately, that most of the people in the church were not growing spiritually. That was a a sad thing. So what they did is they surveyed the, the few, the minority of the people that were actually growing, and it came down to two things, a daily Bible life and a daily prayer life. It's not rocket science. It's simple, but it's a discipline we need to have in our life. In order to be a reproducer of reproducers, we've got to know that there's going to be a relationship with God that needs to be established. That's spiritual, okay? So it's spiritual. The second thing is this. Discipleship is relational, it's relational. That means you get established in a relationship with other believers. When you look to the Bible, look to Scripture, and you look at discipleship and the way Jesus modeled it, it's very, very relational. It's always relational. With his disciples, he called John his beloved disciple. There was a very close-knit relationship. You think about the Apostle Paul. He had a relationship with Timothy, Timothy is one of his disciples. He even, he even said that Timothy was like a son him. So there's a very undeniable relational aspect when it comes to discipleship. And I think too many Christians, I think if we're not careful, guys, listen, we're going to go through life and try to do this stuff by ourselves. And that's where we get in big, big trouble. When you think about discipleship, there's a big spiritual element, but there's a big relational element as well. We need God and we need each other. We need to accept that this morning. We need God. And we need each other. Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback Church said this. He said, you were never meant to walk through life alone. We weren't created for that. We weren't created to be by ourselves. We need others. And I see people that really are struggling in their walk with God. And you know what I see, see them doing? I see them pulling away from other people. I see them pulling away from their relationships with other people. That's a huge, huge sign that things aren't going well. We need God. And we need each other. It's relational. It's relational. Now let me talk to the men for a second. Because I know, being a guy, that we are probably the worst at at this. We struggle with relationships. We don't want to connect with other men. And we're tough. And we protect our homes. And we got all this stuff. But you know what? I think deep down inside, the toughest of guys are scared to death. And they're afraid of relationships. They're afraid of opening themselves up to someone else. To share life together, we need God and we need each other. Men, listen. Let me talk to you for a second. You need to go on this men's retreat. As you leave today, you need to stop at that tent. You need to sign up for this Iron Man men's retreat because it could be the the, the starting point for your life, where you feel like there's a roadblock, where you're going to gain relationships, and those relationships with other guys could be the key to your next steps and really growing spiritually in your walk. With so, men. Men, are you still with me? Let me hear from you. Yeah. We need to go to this men's retreat. Make sure you sign up. Listen, to everybody. Discipleship is spiritual. We need God, but it's also relational. And here's the third thing. Discipleship is reproducible. It's reproducible. And what that means is you get established as a reproducer of reproducers. It's reproducible. That means when you just get discipled, it doesn't stop there. You actually go on and you disciple someone else. And what you do is you build a legacy. You build a legacy by becoming a reproducer of reproducers. I read a book several years ago called Transformational Discipleship, and the quote that I got out of it that always stuck with me is the idea of success. And the success in discipleship is not when you disciple someone, but when that person goes on and disciples someone else. Because discipleship is always reproducible. You know, I have people who talk to me all the time about spiritual growth methods and Bible studies or groups or whatever. And my question to all to them is always, okay, if if you're hesitant about doing this one-on-one discipleship and you want to do your own thing, the only question I ask is, is it it reproducible? Because if it's it's not reproducible, it's not discipleship. We need to become reproducers of reproducers individually because it can't end with us. We need to pass it along. We need to build a legacy, become reproducers of reproducers individually. So if you've not been discipled this morning, let, let me challenge you for a second. Just, just check that box on your connection card. Put it in the offering bucket as it goes by uh, this morning. We'd love to get you connected with that. Man, start you on your spiritual journey to growing spiritually in your walk with Christ. Maybe some of you are here this morning. You've grown up in church, and you may be kind of spiritually mature in your walk with Christ. You may not have been discipled here at Orchard Church, but you can disciple someone else. We need you. We need you. So if you will step up, there's a survey on our website called the Discipler Survey, orchardchurch.tv. Just fill that out and, and I'll get you connected and get you in the next training class. And speaking of training class, we just had our uh, uh, latest training class. I want to put the picture of, of those people who went through that. And these people right here, what they said is we, we've we been discipled or we want to pour into other lives and we want to be build a legacy. We want to be reproducers of reproducers. It's not just about us. It's not going to stop with us. We're going to pass it along. We're going to invest in other people. I think we should give them a hand for that. No. Bottom line, listen, I hope you feel challenged this morning to be a part of God's great commission to make disciples, to be reproducer of reproducers. I want to show you a video real quick of a cool story of a couple ladies in our church that just went through our discipleship process.
2: My name is Amanda Ogle, and I've been at The Orchard for seven years now. And I'm Sarah Shao, and I've been at Orchard Church for almost two years. Going to the Orchard, I'd say the biggest change that my family noticed was freedom in worship. A lot of the churches that we had been at before, that was something we hadn't really experienced. And of course, through discipleship, um, definitely learned a lot about getting into the Word and pursuing my relationship with God. That's been one of the biggest things that's hit home for us. In all my previous church experiences, most of my areas of service have been things like children's ministry um, or singing. And this really allowed me to do something completely different where you truly invest your life into someone else. And for me, it's really encouraged me to pursue my relationship even more with God, especially in my prayer life, the way that I pray for the person that I'm in that discipleship relationship with. It's it's incredible. And to know that I'm bringing honor and glory to God through that. And helping another person to become a more active, reproducing Christian, someone who feels really comfortable sharing the word, really comfortable discipling someone else next, that's been a huge blessing to me. When I first came to Orchard, I was looking
3: for a church family, and I saw how connected and how related to people everyone was, and I wanted to be a part of that. I decided that I wanted to um, branch my opportunities and then decided to go into discipleship. I was scared to get into discipleship just a little bit because although I've grown up in church, um, I grew up Catholic and it was it's a very different setting than Ur- orchard churches and so I was a little scared that I wasn't going to know as much about the Bible as I should in order to be discipled. I saw my best friend getting discipled and she had such an amazing experience with it that I decided that I wanted to have that experience too um, and so when I got paired with Amanda um,
2: we started right off the bat and we just had a great connection. I think anytime you go into discipling someone you wonder if you're gonna connect and click and if you're gonna get along and I think the instant I met Sarah, it's been just connection, a really great strong bond. Um, she's been someone who's been there for me when we've gone through a lot of stuff, uh, my family, a lot of things going on and it's been great to have that support network and she's become one of my closest friends. You know, we talked about
3: sh- you know struggles in our family, struggles in our relationships, whether it be our marriages or our friendships. or. A loss of someone. It's just been. We've had a really great open discussion about almost all of those things. One of the things that the book talks about too is becoming. Um, a disciple or yourself, it talks about reproducing, that's what God wants you to do, and if your fears stand in the way, you'll never be able to do what
2: He's actually calling you to do. Whatever your hesitations are for getting involved in discipleship, whether it's wondering how you're going to fit one more thing into your schedule, or if you have enough Bible knowledge to really pour into someone else, bottom line, it's, it's what we're called to do, and a lot of amazing blessings come from it.
0: We can celebrate that, that's okay. So I hope that you feel challenged already this morning to really take that next step. Maybe you need to be discipled. Maybe you need to disciple someone else. If you will, just you can check that on your connection card. We'll be in contact with you because we don't want it just to end with us. We want to pass it along. That's what the idea of discipleship is all about. We want to build a legacy, be reproducers of reproducers individually. But not just individually. That's not what I just want to talk about this morning. The second thing is we want to reproduce corporately. We want to reproduce corporately. We've seen the disciples. They have reproduced themselves. They are making disciples. But if you turn to Acts chapter 9 real quick. Acts chapter 9. Just turn a couple pages to your right. Acts chapter 9. We're going to look at verse 31. They've had 3,000 come to know Christ. He baptized on the day of Pentecost. They put them in small groups. They've made disciples. But then let's see what else they're doing here in this first century church. Acts chapter 9. Let's look at verse 31. Verse 31. And it says this. Then the churches throughout all of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. Okay? So that's cool to think about. They were at peace. They were edified. But they didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. It says, in walking in the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? In walking in the fear of the Lord. That means they wanted to glorify God. That's worship. That's reverence. They wanted to do the right thing. And in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, help me out, church, they were what? Molded. They were (laughs) multiplied. Now, as, as you think about this first century church, and you think about all the churches that were planted in the first century, the New Testament churches, let me ask you a question. How many of those churches are still around today? How many of those churches in the New Testament that were planted are having services this weekend? Well, if you don't know the answer to that, the answer is zero. Zero. None of the churches that were started in the New Testament, the first century, are still going on today. Why is that? Did they fail? Not necessarily. (laughs) Of course not. That's why we're here today. But why are they not open? Why are they still not having services? Why? Because it's simply this. Churches are like people. We have a beginning date, and we have an end date. We have a life cycle. And just like people, churches also have a life cycle. You think about churches that are really old, and I don't mean they have a lot of older people in them, but they're just really, they've been around for a long time. All right, They may have had their 100-year anniversary may have heard of those churches, or they've had their 150th anniversary, something like that. Now, think about those churches. I would dare say that most of those churches are not thriving churches. They have a lot to celebrate with their heritage, but they're not really thriving. They're not really busting at the seams. They're gradually dying. It's a life cycle. That's the way churches are, but before you get depressed on me this morning, let me give you the good news. Because we have a hope and here's our only hope for any church including orchard church if we're going to build a legacy we're going to have to reproduce corporately that's our only hope to continue to build a legacy now 10 years ago orchard church was planted on this premise and this vision that was rooted in the idea of reproducing reproducers to making disciples. But it wasn't just that. It was also planted on the idea of being a church that plants other churches. That reproduces itself corporately. And, and I want you to look at the name Orchard Church this morning. Because some of you may not know this. You may have thought, maybe hey, maybe they named it after the mall down the road, possibly. Or maybe after a community or something. But it was actually rooted in this idea of reproducing. The the name Orchard Church really means something deep. It means that we want to not just be one tree. I'll put this picture of a tree up here. Here's one tree. Just think of that as a church. We don't want to just be one solitary tree who's at peace and edified. But we want to be, this is the next picture, an orchard of trees. An orchard of churches. We want to reproduce ourselves ourselves. We don't want it just to end with us. We want to build a legacy, and not only as people be reproducers, but as a church be reproducing. And that means planting other churches. We're excited about that. That's our vision statement. You'll see this on our website. It's multiplying disciple-making churches. Multiplying disciple-making churches. We want to be a John 15 kind of church. You can look that up later uh, when you go home today, a little homework today. Look up John 15. It's, a, it's the idea of being connected to the true vine. And if we're connected to the true vine, we have that a relationship with God established that we're going to be multipliers of ourselves, that we're going to produce fruit. We're going to reproduce. We're going to produce fruit, not just any fruit, but the fruit that remains. And we're going to produce that kind of fruit that and it says more fruit, and then we're going to reproduce much fruit. And not just any kind of fruit, but a fruit that remains. And what is a fruit that remains? It's a fruit that multiplies itself, that reproduces itself. And that's the kind of church we want to be. We don't want it just to end with us in our peace, and we're all happy here. But we want to reproduce this. We want to plant churches. And not just any churches, but churches that plant other churches. We want to make disciples continue to do that, reproduce ourselves individually and corporately. So why are we so passionate about this? Why are we passionate about this? Church planting. Why are we invested in church planting? Let me give you some statistics this morning that should help you out. The first statistic is this. Church plants are 400% more evangelistically effective in the first 10 years. Um, Let me state the obvious, if you haven't picked up on this already. We just had our 10-year anniversary. Well, let's think about that statistic for a second. What that means is that our evangelistic effectiveness will gradually decline from here on out unless we reproduce ourselves corporately. That is our hope. That is our hope to continue to build a legacy. Here's another statistic. 85% of existing churches in, in the United States have plateaued and are declining. And it's, that's, a, that's a staggering statistic and it's a, definitely a true statistic if you, if you look around. Um, and it's a sad statistic, but it's, it's, it's encouraging to us to know that we're in that 15% of churches that are growing and thriving. And that We haven't plateaued. Um, here's the next, the next one. Of the 15% that are growing, only 1% are growing by conversion. So 15% of churches are growing in the United States. Only 1% of those are actually growing by conversion. What that means is that those churches aren't just growing by church people coming, but they're actually reaching people don't know Jesus Christ, who are not in church, and it's equally as exciting to be an orchard church that is in that one percent. Are you excited about that this morning, in that wonderful, <laughs> Praise the Lord. For that. Praise the Lord. Here's the last statistic. 3,500 to 4,000 churches close their doors each year. Isn't that something? Now, I've been around churches a lot, and I can tell you this. It's really hard to close the doors of a church, because there's always that faithful few that just hold on for dear t- life. <laughs> near the end. And so to think about 3,500, close to 4,000 churches closing their doors each year is staggering. But it also speaks to what I talked about earlier. Churches are like people and they have a life cycle. We're passionate about this idea of reproducing churches and planting churches because it's our only hope to really continue to build a legacy and to reproduce corporately. We're so passionate about this that in 2011, We planted our very first church out of Orchard Church in Erie, Colorado. Uh, Nick Olson is the pastor there. And so I reached out to him this week and I was like, hey, could you send us a quick video and talk to our people about what's going on there in Erie? So here's Nick.
1: Hey, my name is Nick Olson. I'm the lead pastor at Orchard Church in Erie. Uh, back in 2011, we were sent off to start the very first church plant out of Orchard. Um, we were sent off with a few families and we just started meeting in a cafeteria, and uh, God's done some really incredible things since then. Uh, about a year ago, we moved into Erie High School, and uh, we've almost doubled in size since we've made that move, and so it's been very exciting this, just in this past year. Uh, we've seen a total of 52 people that have either placed their faith in Christ or have recommitted their life to follow after Jesus, and um, man, what, a, what an incredible thing um, just to see life change. And uh, one thing I love about the vision of Orchard is it's not just uh, our passion to plant churches, but number one, it's, it's our vision and passion to make disciples. Um, to see people grow in their faith to a place where they're able to reproduce themselves into the lives of others. So, as as you know, members of of Orchard, um, my encouragement to you is is not just to be involved in in that local church, but really catch the vision of of making disciples, planting churches, and and be praying for those things, supporting those things, getting behind those things. Because truly, the, the, the best vision that we can have is to reproduce ourselves as believers of Christ and reproduce true, genuine, authentic churches that are making a difference. And I believe Orchard is definitely accomplishing that. So we praise God for that. It's great to
0: celebrate that this morning. Exciting. excited for what God's doing in Erie, Colorado and what he's doing with that, that church plant up there. We're so excited to be a part of that. And I I, I was, I was uh, watching that, and I was thinking about our, our plant in Erie, I couldn't help but think, man, what if we hadn't planted that church? And I, my first thought is, obviously, the, the, the souls that would, have, would not have been touched, you know, the lives that would not have been reached. And then I thought about the, the other uh, element of that is, what, if, what about the people who would have come? What, if, what about those people who would have found us right here at Prairie View High School? You know, like, let's just ballpark 100, 150 people. Uh, I don't know where we'd put them. (laughs) We're we're running out of room. We're looking at this fall. We're really, really busting at the seams. We're getting ready to go into our growth period. And that really takes us into Easter as well. And if we'd have never planted that church, would we have had room for those people? You know, it, it really diminishes the effectiveness of our evangelism here at the church. It's important that we reproduce ourselves corporately. Not just individually. But corporately, the Great Commission must include church planting to be effective. The Great Commission must include church planting to be effective. And I'm so excited to be a part of a church that gets that. So excited to be a part of a church that not only reproduces individually, but also corporately. And I'm excited about a lot of things that are going on around here. I'm excited about our growth and the spiritual growth that that is happening. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, we just hired our uh, next church plant intern, Ryan Singleton, um, and I'm excited what God's going to do, how he's going to use him uh, in this next plant out of our church as we reproduce ourselves corporately, and I'm excited about the building. You guys excited about the building? Yeah. I'm excited about the building. Selfishly, I'm excited about the building. I'm excited uh, about not being here at 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Not going to lie. I'm excited about that. About not having to tear down all this stuff every week. That's going to be awesome. I'm excited about the building. I'm excited about what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, what it's going to smell like. Exciting times ahead of us. And I know know you guys are excited too. And hearing from our small groups and the excitement that's going on. And I've heard people ask questions. What's the children's ministry going to look like? What's that going to be like? What, What about the auditorium? What's that going to feel like? What's it going to sound like? What's the seating capacity going to be in the auditorium get that question a lot but can I challenge our thinking a little bit this morning can we be as or more excited about the sending capacity of our church as we are the seating capacity can we be as or more excited about what's going to come out of that place than what's going in that place because that's what we're talking about this morning we're talking about it not ending With us, That we're going to pass it on. We're going to build a legacy. Just like this church in Acts 9. They were at peace. They were edified. Everybody was happy. Everybody was comfortable. And that's where churches get in trouble. Because they stop right there. And we don't want to be that kind of church. We want to continue like they did in that verse 31. To go on and multiply. Multiply churches. Plant churches. Reproduce ourselves not only individually. But corporately. That's what this legacy campaign truly is all about. It's about building a legacy. It's not just building a building, help me out church, it's building a A legacy. A legacy. legacy. We got a goal of raising three to five million dollars in the course of three years. That's a lofty goal, but it's a God-sized goal. We're excited about that. We we want you to be praying about that. Even my wife and I and my family, we're we're excited to be a part of something like that because it's a commitment to something that's an eternal investment. There's a lot of things we can invest in in this life, but a lot of those things are not eternal. This is something that's gonna be eternal. I'm excited about looking back in about 20 years and seeing what God has done through this time period, through this historic time in the life of our church, and we as people are literally gonna be on the ground floor of this amazing God-sized vision. That's going to build a legacy, reproduce, reproduces for generations to come as we give and commit over and above our tithe and offering. And that's that's faith right there. That's faith. We have a big date if you want to put this on your calendar. November 8th. Sunday, November 8th is our Commitment Sunday. We're going to bring our commitments to this three-year legacy campaign. What we're going to give. What God wants us to give. It's going to be a historic day and you do not want to miss November 8th. And we're not only bringing our commitments, we're going to bring our first fruit offering. He's like, what is a first fruit offering? Well, this is after the biblical model of 1 Chronicles 28, 29. This is exactly what David did. He called the people to bring a first fruit offering. That was was basically, the, the best way to describe it is a down payment, a big down payment on our commitment. And it's going to be an exciting day as God's people follow us through with this biblical model, and we follow after God's heart and God's vision for this place. And we want you to be praying about that. Not just thinking about it, but we want you to really invest your heart and pray about this historic time in the life of Orchard Church and how you can be a part of it. Here's how you can pray. We want you to pray, and this is a very um, adventurous prayer, okay? And this is the adventurous prayer you can pray. Ask God to give you an extravagantly generous heart. God, give me an extravagantly generous heart. God, give me a heart that will, have, that will in turn have faith-filled steps of obedience. And here's, what, here's the thing. If you want to write this word down this morning and just remember this word, it comes down to one word, and that one word is this, sacrifice, sacrifice. When you look through scripture and you look to, to the worship of God, worship of God has always required a sacrifice, and it, that has not changed. Even in our lives today, when we want to worship God and glorify Him, it's going to require a sacrifice. And some of us are going to have commitments that look different than others. Some of you are going to be able to commit more than others. But what we want is everybody to have a prayerful heart of sacrifice as we approach this historic time. Because it's not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. And that's all we're asking all of you to do myself included, the pastoral team, we wanna have a heart for sacrifice, a heart for worshiping God and this vision that he's given us. You know, when we think about three to five million dollars, this isn't just some number we pulled out of our heads, we've really looked at it and done studies and looked at the feasibility of our church and we're excited about the prospect of what that's gonna bring. We've looked at it and basically what it means is it could potentially free up a half a million dollars a year to go towards ministry, to go towards reproducing corporately, church planting. We think about the the churches we wanna plant. We will be able to train and raise up church planters, not not just one, but multiple church planters, and not just church planters. We'll be able to raise and train up worship leaders, and raise and train up children's directors and student directors, and not just send out a church planter, but a planting team a team, and we can equip them fully for the work of God's ministry. And it's exciting. It's, we are so, so excited about what God's going to do through the hearts of his people as we approach this historic time. Uh, and as we, as a church, continue to leave and build a legacy of reproducing reproducers, individually and corporately, we want to be like this church in Acts. This church in Acts 9.31, this will be on the screen to remind us. In walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, what did they do? They were multiplied. They were multiplied. They didn't just say, us four, no more. It wasn't a holy huddle. They said, we're going to take this out. We're going to reproduce ourselves because it's not about us. We want to pass it on to the next generation, continue to build a legacy. Reproduce. Reproducers. So let's be passionate about that church. Let's be passionate about the vision that God has given us of multiplying, disciple-making churches, not only individually, but corporately, as we reproduce. Because we're not just building a building church, we're what? We're building a legacy. legacy. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you so much for the vision that you've given us. We thank you, uh, Lord, that you've chosen us at at such a time as this, Lord. And we trust, Lord, that that the steps that you've given us and the, the vision that you've given us, You'll see it through as you use us as as people with sacrificial hearts. So ready our hearts for that, God. Give us the faith that we need. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here this morning and you've heard heard the message, you've heard God's word. Maybe your heart's been challenged a little bit. Maybe God's tugging on your heart that you as a person individually, you need to grow. You're stuck. And you know it. Maybe maybe you've been challenged. Maybe you need to be discipled. Maybe you need to disciple someone else. Maybe you were in discipleship, Maybe you're not anymore. Listen, we need each other. We need God, and we need each other. Maybe you've been challenged by that this morning. Maybe you've been challenged in another way. Maybe as, as, as we are uh, approaching this historic time and really looking at God's vision for our church, it's a scary thing, but God is really tugging on your heart when it comes to this commitment and this investment. If that's you this morning, you've been challenged in any way, would you just raise your hand? I want to just want to pray for all of us. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. Say, that's me. I've been challenged this morning. Let me pray for us, God. Lord, we thank you uh, that you've, you've challenged us and you've called us out. God, may we be people that are faithful to that call, that will answer that call. Because we know that life is short. It's just a vapor. So, God, may we not spend it on the sidelines, but may we get in the game. a part of your great commission may we be reproducers of reproducers not only individually but corporately god that's our prayer this morning lord may we have a sacrificial willing heart to that with every head bowed and every eye closed uh, maybe this morning you're here and you've heard about this discipleship thing the spiritual growth thing and this idea of reproducing individually and corporately but you've actually never actually given your heart to christ There's a a void in you that you've tried to fill with lesser things. And you're here today because you felt God tugging you here. Maybe you were invited by somebody, but you know you're here for a specific purpose. And maybe that purpose is to finally surrender your life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the only way that we can have a relationship with God is through His Son, Jesus. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, will be saved. So I'm here to tell you there's good news there's great news that you can be saved this morning. That Jesus can be your Savior. If that's you this morning, what I would ask you to do is just to talk, to, talk to the Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just talk to Him. and You can say this prayer after me. Not, not the prayer that's going to save you. It's your faith in Jesus Christ that will save you this morning. So just pray this prayer after me from your heart to God's heart. Just pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I finally surrender to you. I believe that you died for me, that you rose again, and that you reigned in eternity as King. Jesus, be my King. Be the King of my life, and come into my life. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus, and save me. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you this morning, you say, I finally gave my life to Jesus. I surrendered to him. He is my Lord and Savior. I know that this morning. If you will, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, buddy. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you, sir. Amen. Thank you, ma'am. Lord, I thank you for the souls that have been saved. Lord, we don't take credit for that. We give you all the glory and honor and praise because we know that you are the God who saves this morning. So we praise you, Hosanna. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for the lives that have been changed, Lord. As we look at our own life, God, as believers in you, may we take this challenge with us. May we never be the same. We apply your word to our life. And may you be glorified in all that we do because we want you to get the glory. We want you to get the honor. We want you to get the praise in this life that you've given us. This one chance to live for you. And all God's people say. amen. amen. Can we celebrate what God's done in this place? Amen. Again, the first-time guests, thank you so much coming to, to our church today we are so uh, blessed to have you as our guest today if you will fill out that connection card put it in the offering bucket as it goes by here in just a second and then uh also uh pastor doug will be back next week and you don't want to miss the next three weeks we're going to be diving into the story in the book of nehemiah uh called building a legacy that's going to be coming the next three weeks so make sure you don't miss uh miss the next three weeks exciting times here at orchard church men Manny's still with me this morning? Yeah. All right. Listen, I want you to stop by that men's retreat tent. Look for, uh, maybe you can get that, that uh, picture with Ryan. They got the, the Iron Man shirts on. Maybe Marciel you can get some of you lucky guys can get a picture with Marciol. Hashtag that Iron Marcial. Listen, sign up for the men's retreat. We want everyone that, that really wants to go to go, so make sure you talk to them this morning and sign up for that men's retreat. Today's the last day uh, for your deposit to be made. All right, well, let's stand together. What we're going to do is we're going to sing a song. We're going to look to the Lord, for He is our help this morning. We're going to worship Him with our offerings of the song today.